Welcome back to the Corona Diaries podcast. We posted our last episode way back in June when South Africa was still in the middle of winter and lockdown was still at level 3. Now it's spring, the world looks much, much brighter and we are back to bring you more stories from our audio diarists. And just to jog your memory regarding what our podcast is about, when COVID-19 hit our shores, students all over the country had to leave their campuses to study from home. One such group was the second year radio class from Rolt University. That's us. We left in a scurry and much anxiety, but we found our feet pretty soon and started sending stories back to campus. And just like that, the beginning of the Corona Diaries podcast. Since that time, the country has returned to a new normal with fewer restrictions, but this crazy year is not quite over yet. Some of us have managed to return back to campus, but others still study from afar, but we all continue with online learning. So to tell you the next part of our story, we give you Corona Diaries Season 2. I am Ndandeyungo Sihlabisa, coming to you from my res room at Rhodes University right here in Makanda. Together, you and I will hear from our story contributors who give us glimpses into their daily lives. In this episode, we look at how far we have come since March 2020, when the lockdown was implemented, to now under alert level 1. Remember, you can chip in whatever you want, so please follow us on social media and tell us what you think at roads underscore JMS or at Corona Diaries and on Instagram using the hashtag Corona Diaries. First off, we meet Prashalin Govinda's sister, Mashalini Govinda, who started off the year working in mainland China. She remembers when the word got out that there was a new virus around, but it was a long time before she would know it as COVID-19, a highly infectious disease that was spreading uncontrollably around the globe, causing havoc and much, much distress. Like many others, she thought it was just several cases of pneumonia. She recalls the highs and lows of that time of innocence when she joined her fiancé in Europe before returning back to Mzansi. I am fortunate enough to share a household with a person who has had quite a few experiences with the virus, my sister, Michalini. Michalini found out about the virus while she was working in China, but considering that the virus at that time was considered massively infectious only in China, she took a flight from there to meet her fiancé in Germany. However, when it became conspicuous that this virus was far bigger than anyone could have anticipated, she started plotting a journey home. Where were you when you first found out about the virus? I was in Shenzhen, a city in the south of China. Can you give me an account of what your emotions were when you found out about the virus? Actually, when I first found out about the virus, it was just uh, headlined as you know, a mysterious pneumonia. And at that time, no one really thought it would spread at the rate it did. And at that time, it wasn't even named. So when I first found out about it, I just thought, you know, it was localized to the Wuhan area because that's what the media was saying, that it was maybe a food poisoning related incident. So I hadn't really realized yet. 
Shortly after this realization, I know you had to make plans to go to Germany. Why and how daunting was it to make travel arrangements during that time? So basically, I had ended my work uh, contract in China, so it was time to leave, and I was heading to Germany where my fiance works and lives, and that was the plan from the start. And thankfully, I managed to see it through. But it was a bit stressful. We didn't know if plans were going to be delayed.、Um, at that time, borders were still open, but it was becoming increasingly closer and closer to a point where they were completely going to shut down. And I thought I would have been trapped in China for ages. So. Uh, it was a little stressful waiting for everything, the uncertainty because I had to wait for visa before leaving. So,、uh, a lot of stress. And then coming to Germany must have also been stressful. Like thankfully you weren't alone anymore. But you reached Germany at a time when Europe was really starting to grapple with the virus. I know it was so ironic. Really, I left China, and then they kind of, you know, got better from there. But then I reached Europe, and for the First two weeks, it was pretty glorious,、uh, and then it got you know really bad, and Europe became the epicenter. So it was like the virus had actually followed me. I first found out about it in early January or mid January, and by the end of January, it had really progressed, and things were starting to shut down. Masks became compulsory, and it was really just spreading like wildfire. You've been to three countries, so you were first in China, where you learned about the outbreak. Then you were in Germany, and then you managed to come back to SA. How how was the similarities and differences in these three areas when grappling with the virus? Well, some countries responded much later than others,、um, and now, including here and Germany, citizens have become impatient because protocols have gone on for months and months and months, but. In the ways that they are similar, I mean, I think everywhere has made temperature checks compulsory at entrances to large-scale public spaces, mask wearing. I I think、uh, lots of stores in all of these countries now have maximum consumers allowed in the store at any certain time.、Uh, that's you know there are quite a few similarities in the way that we're all treating this. From what we've read and seen on the news, it seems that these repatriation flights were anything but smooth. What is your account of having taken one? Oh, absolutely! Yeah, it starts way before the actual flight, so the actual organization and booking of the flight is really chaotic.、Uh, there's clearly broken chains of communication between. Um, you know the embassies involved, the consulates involved, the authorities of that country involved. So it was a bit of a hassle to organize in very last minute too.、Uh, once more, it was at a very very ridiculous price、uh, because you know SAA repatriatory flights were the only flights allowed at that time. Very expensive. Uh, the flight itself,、uh, kind of poorly coordinated. It it got cancelled on the day we were meant to fly. A lot of South Africans were stranded in the Frankfurt airport. I was lucky enough that、um, my visa did allow me to at least spend the night in a hotel. But many other South Africans had flown in from different countries and they could not leave the airport and they basically slept on the floor. 
no communication from SAA waiting for the flight, which eventually took off the next day. It must have been amazing to come back home and see your family. Yes, it was. But don't forget, when I first arrived, I still had to go through the quarantine period, which at that time was still a minimum of 14 days unless there was a negative test result. So, you know, there was still that to go through. How would you make arrangements to go back? Because borders are still closed, so it's not very easy. I think people who have employment abroad and are able to prove it will be allowed on repatriation flights leaving South Africa. So I want to know just the light question. Where would you want to travel for leisure next? Because you've been to quite a few countries before. So where? what do you have planned next? It's really hard to pick one, but before everything happened, uh, I really was hoping to go to Singapore at the end of the year. Our stories behind the masks. A podcast you can listen to at home. That is like way too straight to the point. Yeah, stay at home and listen to podcasts. Many people do not have access to water and decent sanitation. Life in quarantine, the lockdown edition. Our stories behind the masks. Good morning, South Africa is struggling to adapt to some of the toughest restrictions in the world as it enters day two of its 21-day lockdown. Corona Diaries, our, our stories behind the masks. Back in Nzanzi, many of our audio diarists also found that life in the time of a pandemic was not so easy. And this was true not just for them as students who had to go back home, but also for other members of their families. Muteo Mabamba discovered this when she chatted to her niece, who was a grade 5 learner in Pretoria. You might think that a toddler would actually enjoy being at home and love the idea of not having to get up with the chickens to get ready for school. But Umbongo Vuyo Mabamba explained that she would rather be at school. This young one reasons well and is quite confident in stating her case. The last few months of homeschooling have been a huge adjustment for Umbongo Vuyo Mabamba. She has just completed her first month back at school and now she describes how different things are in the new normal and the advantage that comes with learning taking place at school. I feel great, but um, the difference between um, when it was normal and now, we have to wear masks and keep the social distancing and sanitize our hands and we can't play together or be together with our friends. I prefer being at school because it's much more convenient than being at home because it's different. I'm more, most comfortable be, um, being at school than homeschooling. There has been a phased in return of learners at many schools as a result of the new regulations. Many schools have struggled with social distancing among learners because of their high numbers. Being at a private school, Bongovuyo expresses how this has been different for her. Being a learner at a private school is a privilege. At my school, we have only 10 learners in our classes. It's a very small school and it's much easier for us to social distance. Public schools have more learners and social distance may become difficult. The teachers at Midtown Primary School have been taking safety precautions to ensure their safety and the safety of all the learners. My principal provided us with, with um, masks, hand sanitizers, and she um, always 
sanitizes our desks and during break time she makes makes sure that we are always on social distancing we don't touch each other we don't give each other food and all that Mongovia has a few suggestions on how the government should act regarding public schools during this time to prevent the spread of the virus Government should um not allow all the learners to go back to school because there are high risks um of children getting covid-19 and the only grades that should go back to school are grade 7 and grade 12 Mongovia advises the other learners to wash their hands for 20 seconds wear their masks and to social distance at all times when they are at school She also advises them to take the necessary precautions when they get home from school to ensure that their families are protected at all times. She suggests sanitizing before entering the house and washing the clothes you wore during the day at school. Muteo Mabamba, Pretoria. Meanwhile, back in Makanda at Mary Water High School, Keshawn Denston saw things from a very different perspective to Umbongovuya Mabamba. She is the sister of second-year journalism student Junior Denston. She explains that she is quite worried about contracting COVID-19 at school and putting a family at risk. Kashan Denston is from Mary Waters High School, that's a grade 10 learner. According to an article in Growcott's Mail written by Dr. Ashley Westaway, her school had a pass rate of 82% in 2018 that decreased to a 72% in 2019. One would wonder what the pass would be like in 2020 during a pandemic. It's stressful. There's certain doubts that I have. I'm also not studying well because I'm anxious I might get corona. And who knows what will happen if we get it. I sometimes think that I'll fail. As much as the school has done its best to meet the requirements of proper sanitation through providing them with thermometers and sanitizers, My sister is still not convinced that you can ever be too careful when it comes to corona. Because of well, um human nature. The government's regulations for schools made me think that I'll still get COVID-19 because once I touch a book, one could never be too sure who touched that book before or if that person is infected unknowingly with COVID-19. Once I might touch that book and I would want to eat then I might forget to sanitize my hands. With all the stresses that come up with learning on a pandemic, Kayshan can't help but feel nostalgic. She reflects on the good old days and the cultural changes caused by COVID-19. I would say that it is a bit tricky because people can forget how to adapt to the way things have changed. We cannot be close to each other anymore. We cannot give hugs to my friends anymore. And we cannot speak face to face like we used to. We also can't borrow stuff from each other in class and we cannot help each other academically in class. And I miss how things used to be. After taking us down memory lane, my sister switches back to our current reality and ends off with a short and simple piece of advice to other learners. Focus on your schoolwork and your health because it is easy to get infected with COVID-19. Yo yo chinde, yo yo chinde, yo yo chinde, yo yo chinde.
Bringing the world to you. The Corona Diaries. Activate countdown. Some of our things to just be normal again. Yes, it's called the Corona Talk Book and Scrap. My diary, a corona. Our stories behind Damn! Thank you very much for tuning into the first episode of the second season of Corona Diaries. Two weeks from now, at the end of October, we will be sharing the next episode as told by Unanza Platan. She will also be connecting with you from her rest room right here at Rhodes University in Makanda. Remember to engage with us on social media on Twitter at Rhodes underscore JMS and on Instagram at Corona Diaries using the hashtag Corona Diaries. You can also listen to this podcast on demand on most streaming platforms. But for your convenience, head over to www.ru.ac.za forward slash JMS for more episodes. Contributions for this episode has been made by Prashalan Gavanda, Mutewo Mabamba, Junior Denston. Bringing the world to you. To you. The Corona Diaries. Activate countdown. Some of our things to just be normal again. Yes, some of us call the Corona Talk Book and Scrap. My diary, a Corona. Our stories behind the box. Damn!